Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim. And I'm Megan. And we're so glad you can join us as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So we are at episode 46. Yep. 46. And we've been like the traveling wheelberries. <laughs> Willberries? Yeah, it's like a, it's a group. <laughs> Traveling Willberries. Good. Uh, let me see. I mean, Traveling is that Willberries. like, that like was the like Von Roy. Traps? Or? No, it was no. like, no, it was Roy Orbison. Um, oh, you're thinking of the Wiggles, that band from. <laughs> what? From Australia? <laughs> what in the crap? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so the uh, Traveling Wilburys, okay, that's W-I-L-B-U-R-Y-S, was Bob Dylan, George Harrison from the Beatles, mm-hmm. Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, who's no longer with us as well, and Tom Petty. And oh. it was a group. So that's what we've been like. We're, okay. We've been traveling okay. a good bit. And, um, you know. So some of us have been traveling more than others, but that's okay. <laughs> and we'll be traveling again. That's true. Yeah. I don't know who that is. have a busy travel schedule. Yeah. It's me. Oh, is it you? <laughs> is it you? It is oh, me. Oh, wait. Let me look at my... Oh, it is. Let me look at my cal- <laughs> I'm looking at my calendar and I can see now. I see what's I going on. Well, that's what happens when your family doesn't live close by. You got to, you know, well, that's travel. What I, that's what I'd say, too. <laughs> That trip that you took out to Taos, New Mexico was not family. None of your family lives in New Mexico. I've never been to New Mexico. Oh, gosh. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Because now you're like, "Hmm, let me go look that up. (laughs) So what's going on? What's up? Uh, Not much. Well, this is kind of fun. We're recording on a Saturday. Which That's is right. which is kind of a fun thing, um, but nothing really. Just got back from a trip to see family, and um, here recording this podcast with you. So I'm excited about that. But before we get to the podcast, right? I have a question. Okay, is it a good one? Um, I'm gonna go with a fun one. It's fun. It's a fun one. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Will I have to retract anything? I don't. No, I don't think so. Are you gonna make me like? Talk about a state again where people will be <laughs> mad at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Uh, okay. Shoot. So if you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Lamb. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it is delicious. I know it is. The only problem is that it would take a while to make it. So I'd have to figure out how to do it in bulk. Yeah, well, you could just, you could be like so my friend. I can't have like, can I feta with it and other stuff or just the lamb? <sighs> I don't know. That's a good question. I suppose, I suppose for the sake of this question, it's probably just supposed to be one thing, but I think you can have accoutrements with it. Uh, accoutrement. <laughs> accoutrement. <laughs> She's getting, hey guys. But <laughs> she took a trip. She came back. <laughs> she is like speaking. I'm super fancy right yeah, now. She is like fancy. 
see. Or you could be like my friend Jenny's dad. And what he does every year is they get a whole lamb and they get the whole family together. They're Lebanese and they just cook for, I think, two days. That's that's great. I would be I would never leave their house. They would have to ask me to leave. Yeah, because he so he's like, can you leave now? (laughs) He's a dentist, but he actually put himself through college um, by working at a butcher shop. So he kind of. That that's what they do. It's kind of a cool tradition. Can I have his number? Because, man, if I could get him to work with me and we can kind of get a little lamb thing going, <laughs> I mean, he'd be able to cut up what I need. I know. And then and so you that's all I'm eating that. for the rest of my life. This is perfect. I know. So he could join me. I'll cook for him. He can go ahead and do all the preparation. Okay. So Louis Shaheen, you heard it here. Louis Shaheen. Thank you. Louis, <laughs> Louis, call me. <laughs> my phone number is 777 <laughs> It's not true. Uh, so the 4th of July is coming up. I know, man. So. And it's a good time because mm-hmm. we're both Hamilton fans, too. And we this, are. this country is like, uh, you know, we live here. We do. And I think one of the interesting things, I was talking about this with my sister-in-law. And, you know, I know that not all of our listeners are in the United States, but it's pretty amazing to be born in this country. And just there's such a great uh, level of entrepreneurship here and the ability to live in a country where you can literally pursue your dreams. You can start a business tomorrow if you have an idea and some money to do it. You can go out on your own and not everybody has the ability to do that. Yeah. And it's like my relatives had like, if you didn't have three jobs, you weren't working. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I grew up, it's like, so they would work in the shipyard um, there was a place called Electric Boat, General Dynamics. And then they were like, my, my grandpa, Nick, Nicanor, he made picnic tables. Hmm. And he had a thing called picnics. Like, get it? Yeah. Huh? What? I get it. What? <laughs> it was picnics, Got tables, it. right? <laughs> yeah. And so he would make these picnics. So he'd come home from working at the shipyard, mm-hmm. building, you know, submarines, then, you know, come home. Have all his pick his wood up on the way home, go in this little garage thing and make picnic tables, mm-hmm. and then put them out different places and sell them. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. Yeah. And then he would also work with guys like maybe restoring like old Studebakers, like old cars and things like that. My uncles were the same way. Like everybody was like, "You don't have how many jobs you have? <laughs> you one. Yeah. If you said I have one job, they'd be like, oh. <laughs> You must have been born here. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, so they were always enterprising mm-hmm. and that's what they did. And it's like, and they would always say what you said. You don't even have to have money. Mm-mm. You can barter with somebody yeah. and get something, do a deal with them, but get yourself going and get started. Yeah. And so that is the beauty of, yeah. you know, I do believe of this country. Mm-hmm. So it's a very cool thing. And so we were just talking about um, different ideas for the the podcast um, for this week. And we really just keyed in on that whole idea of freedom. And I think that you, you can approach the topic in a lot of different ways. And we had some great, great discussions around that. Um, but, you know, what we really kind of just to kick it off is this whole idea of, you know, what does what does freedom really mean to you? And what how do you interpret what it means to have freedom? You know, that's a question that many people won't take the time to, you know, answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we I don't know. I mean, I don't have any kind of scientific information on this. So mm-hmm. 
And we don't want to turn this into a scientific conversation. I think we want to create some loose ends for people to kind of go tie up, but just to go think about, right? Right. So what does it mean? Like, you know, so here we are, 4th of July, independence, you know, we get this thing. We, we break free from the most powerful nation in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was a ragtag motley crew group of people that were assembled and put together a fighting force that really, on paper, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, so what happens? Does the human will and the spirit rise like, does it go up to meet the occasion? And, and I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you see people doing things that are, you know, what most would say were insurmountable. They they make it like, no, I can do this. You got your William Wallace's, which I've spoken with you about. Mm-hmm. You know, we were kind of doing some pre-chat. Yeah. You know, here he is, freedom! You know, no one else was on that stop. It was just him. Mm-hmm. They were pulling him apart. They laid him on that thing. Yeah. They're going to stretch him, rip him apart. You know, I don't know the final story like is that accurate or not but you know here's mel gibson here's this guy didn't want to be involved in the conflict didn't want anything to do with the conflict but he was pulled into it and sucked into it and and so that's the thing i guess maybe i would like to kind of start with you know Mm -hmm. here's this guy he is doing his own thing he just wants to start his life live his life have a relationship with someone he falls in love with all this stuff right and they suck him into this battle by taking that from him it got real personal fast Mm -hmm. but it was it was personal when it came to his nation but he was okay to live there he was okay Mm -hmm. to just stay in that same spot well and i think he was okay to stay there because he didn't feel the need to follow the certain system that other people did so in a in a way he was choosing his own freedom within what existed but he wasn't necessarily fighting to change anyone anything for anyone else until he got pulled into it right but when he got pulled into it mm-hmm. i think he started to realize or maybe was he really free mm-hmm. and i feel like that's where many of us can be right. sometimes we have our own internal um, struggles where are we free, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, I did, I did a little definition look up of like freedom, you know, freedom deals with your choices and, and freedom is just, you know, this, you know, we have freedom of speech, freedom, like all those things, we should have these freedoms. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what we had also with the, um, the revolutionary war. We had, they, they wanted freedom. They wanted to be out of, of out from under tyranny you know, and it takes some time and some convincing for people to kind of come along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when you think about like the Declaration of Independence, those guys, when they wrote their names on that document, they signed their own death warrant. Basically, yeah. they were told that mm-hmm. by England that this is what you're doing. When you look at a Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King, what he did, if you look at some of the people through history, what they did was they went against all of what everyone else would say was OK. Right. Because they realized it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. So the there was a greater thing inside of them that says, am I really free? And right. so with that, I guess maybe what we could do is kind of get into that whole, you know, the, the system of thought around those five areas we mm-hmm. talked about. You know, there's a mental mm-hmm. freedom, a, a spiritual, emotional, physical, and financial. And I liked what you said about that. Out of those five kind of things, mm-hmm. when it comes to you as an individual – your freedom, mm-hmm. you you said something that was kind of, 
you know, neat. Well, I think that when you look at those five things, there's there's this need where you need to have sort of financial freedom and physical freedom to an extent first before you can really begin to focus on that emotional and spiritual. I think mental is probably sort of sandwiched in between those um, because I think that you do have to have a mentality that you aren't being trapped in you know, in your own mind or by the decisions that you're making. And I think you have to have the mental freedom to know that, you know, ultimately everything that you do is a choice. And those choices, you know, are really how those transpire in your life add up to the level of freedom that you have. But I think it's really interesting because freedom can be interpreted so differently by different people. Um, you can be someone who has incredible, um, who's obviously has physical freedom, um, especially as you age, you get older, you know, you, you can still move around. Um, you've done things in your life where you have a lot of financial freedom. You can travel, you can do the things that you want. You can continue to continue to live the lifestyle that you want. But what's so interesting about that is you can have the physical and financial freedom and you know maybe you have the mental freedom too but you can't see you know like we talked about Tim you can't see whether someone has emotional freedom and you can't see whether or not they have spiritual freedom so you can be someone who lives your whole life thinking you're free or you know consciously looking at your life and saying I'm I'm free I'm doing what I want I'm living the life that I want but I mean really you, you get to that point where you ask yourself, am I really emotionally free? Am I really in the relationships that I want to be in? Am I being able to be my authentic self? Am I able to speak my mind and and do those things that that I want to do that are important to me? So there's this, when you look at those five areas, mental, emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual, I think the two have to come first and then you almost have to continue to build on those. And it's not something that, that, okay, you achieve it and it just stays that way. It's something you have to actively continue to pursue on a day-to-day basis. Right. And, you know, freedom is all about, you know, you have a choice, Mm -hmm. right? And, and like you said, can I be those things? Can I be my true, authentic self, right? Um, but with that also, being your true, authentic self, it's not a guarantee Mm-mm. that everything that you choose is going to be correct. Right. Um, but that's the still the, it's still there that you find the beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want freedom, you also have to know that with that, you've got to own the outcomes. Mm-hmm. You've got to be okay with, there's going to be a consequence. Every choice has consequences, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I think my big thing when it comes to it, and I, and for those of you who are listening today, we're just having this conversation. So, mm-hmm. and we would love for you to weigh in. You could always weigh in at Tim at UphillConversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co. Um, our Facebook group, mm-hmm. Uphill Conversations on Twitter, um, at Uphill Convo. We would love to hear your input on this, yeah. but we're just talking about this and we, we want to hear ideas from you as, as mm-hmm. well and how you feel about this, but we want to throw this out there and this is all just talk. So, you know, Megan, what I look at though is that so many people are stuck though. They're stuck because a lot of what we call freedom may be more of the limitation because it's just it's more of a systematic freedom Mm -hmm. it's and and i'm not not saying you know i want you to violate 
principles and all these other things. But what if, as Mark Twain said, what if it's true that, you know, education consists mainly of all that we've had to unlearn? You know, so a lot of times we spend our time like evaluating what life looks like, which we should learn. Mm -hmm. We look at others and we think, well, that's life. Mm -hmm. But they're them. They're their, they're a free moral agency. They're their own entity. We're not all the same, right? But then if you introduce the idea, if or not the idea, but the person of God, if you're a believer, which you and I are believers, you bring a person of God in, and then, you know, there's the yielding to a relationship with God. It doesn't make us weak, you know, because we understand that he's paid a price for us. And so we know that we have a life where we make choices and decisions and our accountability ultimately lies there. Mm -hmm. Then you have people who may not believe. Then you have people that have, there's so many different things, but yet we're all running around measuring everybody based on the way that we see it should Mm -hmm. work. And we have to understand that freedom is great to have the freedom of choice, but also I'll tell you another thing, freedom is great for you to have the freedom to choose and fail forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think having that ability to make a new choice, I think that that, you know, I said that earlier, I think one of the greatest gifts that we have as human beings is we we have the ability to choose. We get to say, OK, I've been doing this, but I'm, I'm going to start doing it a different way tomorrow. I think the thing that's so hard, though, you know, that goes directly against that is that we love habit and we're creatures of habit. So, you know, I've said it before, it's something like 99% or maybe it's even 99.9% of what people do every day is out of habit. We do things out of habit. It's comfortable. It's safe. And so you have these two things up against each other where it's so hard for us to change or to make different choices. And I think that, you know, there's a resistance to it. We resist doing these things that we know are in our best interest, that we know are good for us. Um, and, and we don't take advantage of, you know, that freedom that we have, that innate freedom that we have as human beings to choose. There's that conflict for me where a person has that ability to choose and, but for some reason, they just kind of defer to that less than or that lower instinct to just kind of stay with, you know, what they're conditioned to do. Mm-hmm. And they won't allow themselves to, um, you know, break out or decide otherwise because they're so concerned with everything else that's around them, mm-hmm. uh, the opinions of others, what looks right, what, you know, um, what, you know, would be acceptable and, So they're in that spot where they're like, well, I'll just go here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just go here because it's really easy to go to your habit. It's really it's the simple thing to do. I mean, if you think about it, anyone with any kind of addiction problem, stuff like that, it's like it becomes comfortable. It becomes that thing that they say, all right, you know, and they may not even like the way they feel. A Mm -hmm. person with an addiction just may not even like the way they feel. They don't even want to be there. But at least it's something that in some sense it's like it's their norm or it's the thing that I can go back to. They can know what to expect. Um, and so, but they're not paralyzed there. Mm-hmm. They may not be advancing, but they're paralyzed there. Mm-hmm. But therein is a kind of like a downward spiral. Right. Yeah. And I think um, the thing that happens with that is so many people, when when you're faced with a choice or you know innately that you need to be doing something different. I think that 
the danger exists when, you know, why why don't people change? Is it because they is it because they know confidently what the consequences of their actions are going to be? No, it's because they have this perception that they're putting out on somebody else of how they're going to react to my choice. So does that mean that you have that you you can be irresponsible or that, you know, you can do things without thinking about other people? No. I mean, I think that that's so important to to be thoughtful and to make sure that you're in alignment with yourself and your values because you're going to have to own those consequences. But I think that that the really troubling thing is, is we we don't do certain things that that we know that we need to do or we know that we should do, not because um, we have this fear that it that we might fail, but because we have this fear of what, how other people are going to perceive our choice. And I think that's where, you know, most people will probably say to you um, that, well, you know, why would I want to do anything else? Why would, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to say, they're going to say, you know, it is in alignment with me. Right. But what do you do when, when what you're in alignment with or you say is in alignment with you, but it's not cooperating with you. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? I don't know. I mean, I think that I, I, I think that you have to, that's that whole idea of really having to take that time. And I, I think we were talking about this um, earlier on a kind of a side conversation was you have to spend some time with your own thoughts. And sometimes, you know, solitude can be something that's really necessary in order for you to um, feel some things and, and make a change because it, you have to you have to really know where you're going and what you want. Because at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself for the rest of your life. And hopefully, for many of us, that's going to be, you know, many more years from now. And and kind of following that a little bit, you know, we were having a conversation earlier. I'm reading this great book um, right now. And the author talks about going to visit different people in nursing homes. And it's something that he just felt called to do, that a mentor of his suggested that he do. And the thing that's so interesting is when you're faced with, you know, end of life, people get to this point where they they tell you those things, you know, it's like no one ever said on their deathbed, you know, I wish I would have worked more or I wish I would have worked harder. But I mean, what these people do is they say things like, I wish I had the courage to just be myself. I wish I had discovered my purpose earlier. I wish I'd taken more risks. I wish I had cared less about what other people thought. So, yes, I mean, people people aren't, I mean, it's not always going to go your way. People aren't always going to go along with you. But I think that if you know deep down that it's the right thing for you to achieve what your view and vision of freedom is for yourself, I think that you've got to own that, the good and the bad. All right. So the key is, you know, keep defining you know, as we're always becoming, we're, you know, we, you can't say this is it. I'm right. here, you know, <laughs> you know, and you still have like, hopefully 50 right. more years of living. Mm-hmm. If you've already camped out at this is it, yeah. you know, that's, that's not a good spot to be in. No. It needs to be like, oh, there's more, mm-hmm. you know, you can still learn, you can still adapt. I mean, um, I think a lot of people discover 
you know, it's later in their life where they begin to really see things if they want Mm -hmm. that growth. But others can be like, this is good. This is enough. You know, there's, I mean, it's funny. I I know people that's like, I got a boat, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, I got money, Mm -hmm. you know, my kids are grown and gone. Uh, you know, the woman's all right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I got some friends, right? <laughs> you know, right. and 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 for them that may that may be that may be it, mm-hmm. and that's great. But then if you ask the other person, they may say he's got a boat, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's but that's where people are, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to turn freedom into just that context. It's freedom is just more of that realization of who you are, what you want, what you want to do. How do you define that? Mm-hmm. How do you include others in that explanation? Mm-hmm. How do you invite them into it? Um, you know, do you know? Do you have regular conversations with those that you want to, you know, in twenty years still be around you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be there. You know, so th- you've got to like say, hey, look, I've got to include. I've got to bring more in. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, I need to be looking as well. Mm-hmm. I can't just have my head down in my own situation. Right. Uh, what is it? I heard a quote. Uh, years ago it was like focus creates blindness mm-hmm. and sometimes you can be so stuck in something that you you can't see anything else mm-hmm. you gotta lift your head sometimes you yeah. know what I mean it's just amazing how many people like you know living in the city it's like that mm-hmm. you see the buildings and stuff but most people don't look at the sky yeah you know what yeah. I mean yeah you know until they're on a plane right but then when they're on the plane they got their face buried in their computer <laughs> or a magazine or a right. book or talking to somebody or watching a movie mm-hmm. you know what I mean instead of just looking out the window and going wow the world is big mm-hmm. <laughs> it's different yeah you know? yeah and I think something that's that's kind of interesting um is that I I almost see this idea that freedom and honesty there's a there's a correlation there you know they're kind of synonymous where I think that if you know we had this conversation of if if you know you told someone they only had a year to live or six months to live how would that change the things that they're doing starting tomorrow what what are the things that they would do? What are the things they would stop doing? And I think that, you know, it's almost like getting a shot of honesty and it's having conversations with people. It's letting people know where you're at and how you're feeling. And, you know, just realizing the fact that life is constantly changing and flexing and moving and that, you know, freedom, I think, can be a moving target. But if you have that honesty with yourself and with other people, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you to get to that place of feeling free because and and I think that's not just in life and relationships I think that's in business I think that we see that with the clients that we work with you know if people just had the ability to trust one another and have just a greater sense of honesty I think that there would be a greater sense of freedom which would ultimately lead to a greater alignment with yourself and with purpose uh, here's a question for you. Do you think yeah. that you can truly be free without change? No. I think that, I, I mean, I, I really think that freedom, it's a, mo- it's a moving target. It's that whole idea of, if we go back to even the first podcast you and I recorded together, e- people have this sense of, if I just meet this person you know, I'm going to be happy. If I get this job, I'm going to be happy. If this happens, then everything's going to finally fall into place. And, you know, just when you land that dream job, 
after three to six months, it's just going to be a job. And so you have to always be moving forward and thinking forward and growing as a person. And, you know, you're not the, the great conversation we have with Shama Hyder. You're not going to be the same person five years from now that you are today. So stop trying to anticipate what that person wants and really just focus on the present and, you know, what do you want now? What's going to make you fulfilled now? What's going to, you know, maybe look a year out, but five years from now, so much is going to change. And I think the idea of, you know, what freedom meant to me when I was, what freedom meant to me when I was 21 years old versus what freedom looks like to me now. And I'm sure what it's going to look like to me, you know, 10, 15 years from now are completely different. Right. And so you do have some rudiments and foundational mm-hmm. things that you keep with you. Sure. But you realize that you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that's I think that is the, you know, the the ongoing mystery. Right. You know, it's the conundrum yeah. in a way, but it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's part of the challenge of the life that we've been given, you know, to be able to learn, to discover, you know, to be a lifelong learner, to mm-hmm. grow um, and to understand, like uh, what Mark Twain said, you know, education consists mainly of everything that we've had to unlearn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because of course you were right when you were 18. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. 25, you said something different. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. 30, you said something different. Oh, I'm sorry. 40, you say something mm-hmm. different. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not that you're some mess of a person. It's just the fact that you you learn and you get mm-hmm. more understanding. And all you're getting, the proverb says, to get understanding, mm-hmm. you know, and then include people in that understanding. But once right. again, just because, you know, I may, you know, I may have a friend. I've had some friends that I've had to kind of let go of. And, you know, and you're like, well, you know, they'll say to me like, you know, dude, you said, you, you know, we're going to be friends forever. And I'm like, we are still friends. We're just not as close as we were because mm-hmm. we have different paths things and things have changed. And, and that's a scary thought and, you know, but I'm not responsibility for how they feel. I'm only responsible to them. Right. And my responsibility to them is to, just to tell them what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorite definitions about freedom is, um, is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about people in confinement, mm-hmm. over 2 million or somewhere around 2 million or 2 million plus are incarcerated. And, you know, I've been listening to a podcast that, you know, there are guys that are talking about incarceration. And what's interesting is, you know, when you hear it from them, they're like, you know, here they are in a four by nine cell and they're controlled. Everything is controlled and they're incarcerated Mm -hmm. and there is no freedom. But then you reduce that down to what's inside them. So then you get people that are living free, quote, in the free world can go Mm -hmm. where they want their own schedule, do all that stuff. But yet there's still that incarceration of the heart, you know? So the thing that I'm not saying that one is better than the other, Mm -hmm. but I'm, what I am saying is what's equal is for your heart to be incarcerated, Mm -hmm. you know, and to be trapped and not understand what freedom looks like. So I believe that it's very important to define it like this, like success. What does success mean to you? Mm -hmm. You got to define that, you know, you have to say, what does it look like to be my true authentic self? You have to define that. What's it look like to be free? That's something that you have to define and you're going to have to be willing to redefine and, and refine Mm -hmm. as every day that you're given and is presented to you. 
to step out into it and live with that free, you know, that, that whole mentality of free that I'm willing to, you know, as revolutionaries, you Mm -hmm. know, did, I'm willing to fight against this consensus. I'm willing to be the one because ultimately my choice that may not look popular to some people like they did in the revolutionary time, they chose to fight. And then there were people like, no, we're not going to war with them. We're not Mm -hmm. going to go to war with the most powerful, you know, army in the world or military in the world there. But yet those people's decision, even though it was not popular to the ones who were resisting it, or didn't Mm -hmm. want to do it. It ultimately was the thing that set them free as well. So sometimes your freedom choice that may not be popular may actually be the thing that liberates someone who didn't even know they wanted it. And I think the thing, you know, going back to those those five major types of freedom, you know, mental, emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual, I think that even though there are only those two that we can see, and, and financially even for me, there's a little twist there where I feel like if you get so focused on financial freedom, you can actually lose freedom in other areas of your life because you're so focused on that. And so, so I think that it's so important that we don't just focus on the physical and the financial freedom because that mental, emotional, and spiritual, I mean, that is where that's where the goodness is and what it is to be a human being yeah, and to be on this yeah. earth. I mean, that's that's like the beauty of life and existence and relationship. So I, I, I think all five of those things are very important. And I don't think that, you know, you have to, I think, like I said, you have to have two at a basic level, physical and financial, in order to really be able to, I think, pursue the others and and kind of get to that next level of freedom. But but I think it's so important that we don't just focus on those basic level things. And we, we remember that, you know, the spiritual, the mental and the emotional. And so I'm going to share a quote um, that Tim shared with me. So um, so he is the source of this, not me, but I really, really like it. And it's um, freedom can be difficult. My choice may not be good for someone else. The key is to know why for myself, do my best to communicate it to another, yet not be bound by their response. I can make choices and be humane. However, my choice is still my choice and mine to own and embrace its consequences. And so I just, I think that that right there, I think that's such a great thing for, you know, our listeners to think about and for me to think about when I think about freedom, because it isn't it isn't easy. It's this amazing thing that we all have. We all have this great ability to, you know, maybe it should be life, liberty, and the pursuit of freedom, true freedom, not just physical and financial freedom, not just the American dream in the sense of, you know, the house and the car and all those things. But um, I, I just think that that's a great, that's a great way to think about it. And, and just to remember that it's a journey. Yeah. And, you know, that quote is a compilation of, I feel like my life, you know, I grew up inner city um, when I was little and it wasn't easy. Um, relatives that worked all the time, multiple jobs that was important um, to them. And if you didn't have more than three, you weren't working. <laughs> and so for me, I'll never forget a conversation I had with a gentleman that I met in Miami and I was going through a very tough time in my life. And Victor was like, you know, hey, this person is absolutely wrong. They should not be doing this. They're way out of whack and they're crazy. And the thing is, it was one of his children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was telling me this. And I'm on the phone with him, like talking to him. He's in Miami and I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. 
and I had not seen him maybe about a, a month. It was like a month ago, or a month prior to this conversation, and and so I'm sitting there. And I'm like, okay, and he goes, Tim. The, the question for you though is, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, I had no answer. Mm-hmm. He goes, I I know what you say. I know who you say you are. I know who you say you say what you want. I know what that is. I know what you would like. That's not going to happen. It's not the case. But here you are. So what are you going to do? And he goes, okay, so take care, papi. (laughs) He's like, take care, papi. You know, benecito and ciao. And he, that was it. Okay. Okay. This is, (laughs) this was 1994. This is 2017. I haven't heard from him since that time. And those words still like are with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's baked into that quote because I realized though that whole situation. So his question didn't put me on the path to being free with mm-hmm. this, with the outcome. It was someone else's choices and decisions that put me in that space. But then I had to look, find out, I had to redefine freedom now for myself mm-hmm. in that and it, but it was his words that didn't let me conflate someone else's decision with mine. Mm-hmm. I had to like own that, and it was it was to be twenty four years old, and to hear that from someone who I was looking up to. I was actually wanting him to be like, "Oh, I'll, let me handle this," you know, <laughs> like I'm gonna go talk to them and and get this straightened out. And it, that he didn't offer that. Mm-hmm. It was, "What are you gonna do?" Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, I had all these emotions. So, um, but yeah, that's a powerful thing of, of what we're talking about, that the freedom can be difficult. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that freedom is not something that we survive. I think freedom is something that we get to embrace and discover mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, like a kid playing in, you know, in some dirt, you yeah. know, just like in mud and yeah. making mud pies and you know, having pretend tea parties. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like you got to start, you got to start visualizing mm-hmm. it. You got to start looking at what that looks like. And then what is it going to, you know, what are you ultimately going to end up doing? Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, you know, and we want people listening We're we're, we're just kind of, once again, just putting these loose ends out there for you to tie up. We don't want you to feel like, you know, we're not trying to paralyze you with the thought of freedom, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not yeah. at all. We just want you to be thinking about that. Right. And then the main thing is just be open and be willing to like share that. If it's Mm -hmm. something that you're going to have to go have a conversation, then go have a conversation. If it's something that's going to help you break free so you're not walking around as a prisoner inside yourself, you know, you got to have that conversation with yourself. That Mm -hmm. solitude image, you know, that you brought up, Megan, is is an important thing. Like get into some solitude, Mm -hmm. you know, create some sacred space, you know, be still, let it be quiet. Let there be silence as the sound. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and listen, you know, like pay attention. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, again, I, I think that us as human beings, one of the greatest gifts that we have is the ability to 
make choices and and just grow and that that we have this great expanse of life um, that we can really make whatever we want from it. So like Tim said, we we just really wanted to get you guys thinking um, and just talk around this whole idea of freedom as we um, go into July 4th week. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to know your thoughts um, on freedom. You know, what does it mean to you? And um, do you agree with us? Do you have any other opinions? We would just, we'd love to find out um, what your thoughts are. Right. So you can reach out to us at Tim at UphillConversations.co or Megan at UphillConversations.co. Also, if you get a chance, scoot on over and listen to <laughs> our Uphill Conversations oh, yeah. Young Professionals. Yeah. It's UCYP. You can find it on iTunes and on Stitcher or on our website, UphillConversations.co slash UCYP. We have some mm-hmm. great conversations with young professionals getting you into their minds, their world, their space. Um, but connect with us on Twitter as well. Um, at Uphill Convo or our Facebook page, Uphill Conversations. And always remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And most importantly, you're going to see Megan and me on the hill. And happy 4th of July. Please be safe. Don't blow up anything. (laughs) You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.